1: This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we
0: do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello! And today, we're going to talk about Hanukkah in America and onions. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige.
1: Hi, happy Hanukkah.
0: Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. We are recording this on night two of Hanukkah 2020. So far, there has been no catastrophe. Good start. Great start. This is coming out a few days into Hanukkah. You know, after like the third or fourth day, you kind of just lose count. (laughs) I think it will be
1: coming out on day five of Hanukkah.
0: Uh, Well, let's see if today is Friday. Today was day one. Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it'll be day four.
1: Okay, so I don't get how that works, but I assume that's why we're here today.
0: Yesterday was Thursday, Thursday night was night 1. Today Friday was day 1. Okay. Holidays start at start at sunset.
1: Why do all of the holidays have to start at sunset?
0: Because we have a different calendar. Every every day starts at sunset. I
1: did not know that. See, that's why we're here today. Yeah. Tell me about Hanukkah.
0: Well, the question for today's episode is, how and why do we celebrate Hanukkah in America? So let's start out with, give me your best brief version of the Hanukkah story itself. So,
1: the Maccababies were holed up in a cave or something and they had a lamp but it only had one day's worth of oil in it or so they thought. And then the Macca babies, totally from Rugrats by the way, um, were astounded to find out that not only did their oil lamp last another day than they thought it would, it lasted for eight days longer than they thought it would, which is why in the menorah there's nine candles. One candle to represent every day that the oil lamp should have gone out, but it didn't.
0: How many candles did you say are in a menorah? Are there nine? There are nine.
1: Yeah. Four on each side, one in the middle.
0: Yeah, and technically what we're calling a menorah is actually a Hanukkiah.
1: Okay. Um... I'm also able to know how many candles are on menorah because Rachel's wearing a very Hanukkah festive shirt right now. It's actually and I a dress. Can just Oh, I'm sorry, the dress. And I counted the candles <laughs> on the Hanukkah.
0: Now, are you aware, like, clearly you got your story from the Rugrats Hanukkah episode. Yes, um, I did. W- so what are they called when they're not actually the Maccabees? Maccabees. Yes you gave an okay version of the story i'm gonna give a different version um i will say that there are so many versions of the hanukkah story and basically none of them are accurate but um i'm just gonna give one tell me the story of the maccabees in one sentence the greeks tried to force the jews to assimilate And Judah the Maccabee was like, nope. And then the temple was rededicated and there were some oil rations left over from the temple that had been destroyed.
1: I had no idea the Greeks were involved.
0: Yes. (laughs) God. Yeah, that's actually like like an integral part of the Hanukkah story. They did
1: not mention that in the Rugrats episode.
0: I think they did.
1: Uh, Well, I haven't watched it probably in a good 15 years, so I obviously don't remember that much of it.
0: The part about Hanukkah that non-Jews don't like to talk about is the fact that the temple was destroyed. And that's why this was all a thing. Yeah, it's yet another story of the Jews had a temple and it got destroyed by people. Those stupid Greeks. Is Hanukkah important? Not as important as like Passover. yeah religiously speaking Hanukkah is just not very important it's like it's not in the Torah it's (laughs) it's actually a very minor holiday
1: huh well then why do we
0: make such a big deal out of it well (laughs) we're gonna talk about that okay have you ever celebrated Hanukkah Um, I
1: have, actually. My parents are divorced, and my dad's second wife was actually Jewish. So for the, I think, few, how many years were they married? Maybe like three years. The three years that they were married, we also had Hanukkah celebrations, and I got to spin the dreidel, I got to have the chocolate coins, got to eat latkes. It was great, but I also had to go to synagogue, which I didn't understand.
0: How do you spell Hanukkah? There's a lot of spellings, right? Yeah, but how do you personally spell it? Okay, well, first, I will have to admit that every time
1: I have to spell out the word Hanukkah, I have to look it up beforehand. So let me see if I can get this right. Yeah, don't look it up. So I know it can be spelled with a CH, but I just use the H. H-A-N-U-K-K-A-H.
0: That is one spelling of Hanukkah. Really? Really? That awesome. is, that is one spelling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How
1: many spellings are there?
0: A lot. Okay. <laughs> In fact, um I have even seen an alignment chart for Hanukkah spellings. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so there are are at least nine.
1: Oh my god.
0: I take a much more traditional route. I spell it C H A N U K A H.
1: Chanukah
0: Chanuka. Hanukkah.
1: <laughs> Hanukkah yeah gotcha
0: I never spell it with an h because that is so Americanized (laughs) that Um, is like 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 there is no real translation of the letter Het into English but that's why we spell it with a ch
1: so I'm just a filthy American huh yeah Uh, okay I'll start doing it with a ch then I, you can do it however you want. No, um, I don't want to be a filthy American. I want to be respect of, respectful of the Jewish culture and
0: religion. What do you top your latkes with?
1: We didn't actually top our latkes with anything when we were celebrating Hanukkah, which wow. I know is sacrilege. But I personally like them with sour cream. Mm. What do you like them with?
0: I like to do a very thin layer of sriracha, and then I put applesauce on top. Ooh. And this isn't kosher, but there was one time I topped my latkes with shrimp. It was very good.
1: How about with lox? Lox.
0: It is very good, but I don't typically do that. Mm. Now, to get into Hanukkah in America, because there's a very specific reason I'm specifying in America... What does Christmas have to do with Hanukkah in America?
1: They don't really have to do have anything to do with each other other than like Christmas just seems to totally overpower Hanukkah and like everyone cares more about Christmas than Hanukkah, it seems, even though that's not fair.
0: Well, here's the thing about Hanukkah is it while it is a Jewish holiday and it is celebrated worldwide, it's really only an enormous thing in america and a couple other places especially the way that we celebrate it oh okay and christmas has a direct influence on that Mm. so the short version is assimilation not again again (laughs) the greeks already couldn't do it come on so you've already caught on to the irony yeah (laughs) There were Jewish immigrants in the 1800s, and by then Christmas had already been established as an American consumerism gift-giving holiday instead of simply Jesus's birthday. That's impressive. And so Jews started giving gifts during the Christmas season because they didn't want their kids to feel left out. Oh, like you already caught on. It's ironic because if Hanukkah is not is is all about not assimilating the holiday itself in america is all about assimilation while still trying to be independent
1: wait so do countries outside of america not give gifts on hanukkah like for hanukkah
0: some places they do just because of like the modern era and like westernization and that kind of thing but in in a lot of places it's really not a thing Oh, okay. Like gift giving has absolutely nothing to do with the holiday. Yeah. We just do it because we don't want our kids going to public school and feeling left out. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, my (laughs) my God. Yep. Like even this dress that I'm wearing is straight up assimilation because it's based on the idea of the ugly Christmas sweater. I think it's ugly. I think it's adorable. But it's based on that idea where Jews need something to wear to ugly Christmas sweater parties. So the market made ugly Hanukkah sweaters. Interesting, interesting. As a form of assimilation.
1: The world is
0: effed up, it seems. It seems. When did Hanukkah become solidified in American culture?
1: Well... It must have been after the 1800s, based on the information you've given me.
0: Um, 1970s. The 1920s, when Jewish immigration basically ended. Oh. And my own great-grandparents were part of that late 1800s Jewish immigration. So their whole goal was to assimilate. Huh.
1: Yeah. This topic is making me slightly uncomfortable. Why's that? (laughs) I don't know. Just suddenly being woke and up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't
1: realize assimilation was everywhere.
0: Yeah. That's like my whole extended family. Like I didn't
1: realize this
0: was such a potential issue.
1: Me being a Catholic.
0: The only reason why like, my family and a lot of other American Jewish families celebrate Thanksgiving is because their great-grandparents came to America in the late 1800s and assimilated. Hmm. That is the only reason. Which brand called itself, quote, the best flower for latkes?
1: Which brand? Like, a flower
0: brand? Yeah.
1: Well, I can only think of one flower brand, so King Arthur?
0: Aunt Jemima. Ah, did they make
1: flour? I thought they just yeah. made
0: syrup. Uh, I guess back in the day, Aunt Jemima made flour and they claimed themselves as the best flour for latkes. But anybody knows that the best flour for latkes is not flour, it's matzah meal. Oh. Mm. What somewhat changed the meaning of Hanukkah starting in 1948?
1: um the end of the holocaust
0: <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> okay. yeah that that does have something to do with it basically in 1948 israel became a state in oh
1: the, right
0: in the post-holocaust era uh and so <laughs> jews took on the maccabee identity as fighters why else is annika in america important
1: We thought we already established it's not that important
0: well, religiously speaking, it's not really, but there's other importance to it.
1: It breaks up the year because I guess if you don't have anything to celebrate during December, it's a pretty depressing month.
0: That's actually, you bring up a good point. Um, that's definitely one of the reasons. It's basically, to, it's it's the Festival of Lights, so it brings light into an otherwise very dark month. Oh, thank God. It also reminds Jews to never give in. The gift giving aspect gets kids excited to be Jewish. The gift giving also makes us relatable to Christians that don't who don't really understand Judaism at all. Mm. And it's a celebration of being unique while assimilating. Huh. Okay. What is guilt and why is it important? I've heard this
1: word before. <laughs> <laughs> It's not It's not the coins, is it? It is. It is? <laughs> okay. I feel like... Now, I'm taking this kind of far here, but because gilded means to be covered in gold, maybe gelt translates roughly to something having to do with gold, and for some reason that is important.
0: So, first of all, gelt is the chocolate coins. Yes. And after the Jews defeated the Greeks and rebuilt the temple, they created their own currency. And so gelt is given to children as a form of rebellion. And the gelt was originally meant to be given to their teachers after they received it to show that money is meant to be spent on things like sadaka, which basically means charity, instead of something only to be received and hoarded.
1: But now it is to be consumed
0: well it was still chocolate back then it was just meant to be redistributed to their teachers to share the wealth instead of you know being a capitalist
1: is the reason they don't taste that good to like reinforce that
0: no not
1: to call it out
0: (laughs) so there is actually some really good tasting gelt on the market i've
1: never had any i'm sorry
0: yeah, the real like the cheapest stuff is disgusting. But yeah. like, I have had genuinely good gelt in my life. I would love to try it sometime. You just have to like buy the one that is not the cheapest, and <laughs> it's and it's going to be pretty good. No dollar store guilt, Gotcha. No, no, like the gelt that comes in those little net bags. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, those ones. Those yeah, ones those are I'm gross.
0: Okay. Those are not. Those are not the good ones. Okay. It's time for a word from our sponsors. Is it the year 1890? Are you Jewish? Did you just move to America to escape genocide? Then you need the Assimilation Cube. Open it up and it has all the answers to being an American. The Assimilation Cube. It comes with a whole turkey, an American flag, an apple pie, a gun, And a tiny apartment for your entire family in an overcrowded ghetto in the city where only Jews are allowed to live. Plus, an added bonus, you'll get to change your name to make it sound more English. The Assimilation Cube, at your nearest port tomorrow. Sponsored by the American Citrus Council. Hey Paige, welcome back. Hi. Did you get your Assimilation Cube? Um, it's not for me, though. It is for you. Oh, thank you. Though I will say,
1: I do live in a tenement.
0: Do you? No. My family sure did. Oof. Because they got the assimilation cube. They got to escape genocide, but came to America and they were segregated. segregated. At least they had turkey and an apple pie, though. Yeah, you know what else is pretty good during Hanukkah? Like, what's the what's a secret weapon? What's the secret ingredient in latkes? Potatoes. Onion. Oh. So the question for this part of the episode is, what is an onion? It's a it's a root vegetable, right? It is, but let's start off with do you like onions? Yeah, who
1: doesn't like onions?
0: A lot of people. Well, they're just wrong. I agree. This is a quote for a definition of an onion that comes from Wikipedia. Allium Sepa L from Latin sepa onion. Also known as the bulb onion or common onion is a vegetable that is the most widely cultivated species of the genus Allium. Its close relatives include the garlic, scallion, shallot, leek, chive, and last but not least, the Chinese onion. Wow. True or false? Onions are an annual plant. True. It's false. (gasps) It's usually a biennial or perennial, but it's treated <laughs> as an annual. Goodness, I have been bamboozled. Right? All this time I thought onions were annuals. Yeah. What are common onion pests?
1: Butterflies, the onion mite, the onion amoeba, and me.
0: Well, it's time to get rebutted. Oh. The onion fly and the onion eelworm. Okay, I said onion mite. I was kind of close. You were close. Okay. How long have onions been cultivated? Since the beginning of time. Yeah, at least 7,000 years. Mm-hmm. How tall do modern onions grow?
1: Like, we're talking the common onion here?
0: Yeah, like, when you think of an onion in the ground, about how tall does it get on the outside?
1: I think they get pretty tall, because, like, you and I both grow those green onions in the little cup, right? And those can get pretty tall if you water them regularly. So I'm going to say maybe they get to, like, knee length or higher.
0: Yeah, they can get to be up to 18 inches.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Is the wild onion extinct?
1: No, they're all over the place. Or I guess those are chives, actually. No, you're smiling. No, 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 no. Okay, they're definitely extinct.
0: Yeah, they are extinct. (laughs) What we consider to be wild onions are just onions that were once cultivated.
1: Oh, they're feral onions.
0: Right. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know about you, but at our house in Jersey they're not chives that are growing in the wild it's it's onions huh okay we get yeah. chives
1: actually huh. in oakland the town that i used to live in we never got chives on our lawn because like my dad treated the lawn so much
0: all oh, right
1: so when i was walking my dog i would see them
0: oh yeah no we get onions
1: Hmm.
0: yeah What are scallions? Because I'm going to be honest, this blew my mind.
1: Scallions are green onions or spring onions.
0: Spring onions and green onions are other words for the same thing. You're right.
1: (laughs) But what is it? Are you implying
0: that that it is not an onion? That's it, not necessarily what I'm saying. Isn't it just like
1: grass that tastes good?
0: So this blew my mind. Okay. Scallions are just young onions that have not grown a bulb yet. Oh, that's really cool. Right? Like, I thought that scallions were a different plant.
1: So Okay, so if we sustain those onions in the cups that we have them for long enough... They just turn into onions?
0: Hypothetically, they could grow a bulb. How long does it take for them to do that? I don't know. And I would imagine that the way that we do it, we would want to use soil instead of water. Okay. And it would need more room. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. For those who don't know, go to the store, get some scallions, chop the green part off, then stick the rest of it in a cup of water, wait a few days, and then it turns into more scallions that you can harvest. And then you just have an infinite scallion machine, otherwise known as gardening with hydroponics.
0: Yeah, it works really well. That's probably my favorite trick, to be honest. Um, And You can get, like, four to five generations out of one bunch, which is pretty amazing.
1: Not that, like, Scallions are super expensive
0: anyway, but you know, free food. Yeah, it's free food, and like they still taste pretty good with every generation. So yeah, you just want to make sure you change the water. Change the water every day, and if you play truth or dare, someone might <laughs> dare you. Someone might dare you to drink the onion water.
1: I might have dared Rachel to drink the onion water.
0: Why do onions hurt your eyes? Because they have. Hoopah
1: in them, which is, how do I put it? An enzyme, that's the word. <laughs> they have enzymes which
0: attack your eyes with tiny little knives. You're basically right, although maybe not so much with the knife part. Oh. The liquid is synpropanethyl S-oxide, and it's aerosol, which stimulates nerves in the eye. Um, And it hurts because the gas is released as a defense mechanism for the onion being cut. Someone please get that onion some therapy. (laughs) And the cells release alienases, which is an enzyme, like you said. And your eyes don't like this enzyme. And so they release tears to wash it away. Onion science. How can the onion hurt be avoided? Oh, okay. There's a couple
1: different theories, I guess, none of which have ever worked for me, but uh, placing a candle next to you while you cut the onion, placing a cup of water next to you while you cut the onion, and chewing gum.
0: I've actually never heard of any of those. Really? I don't know where you got those from.
1: Okay, so hang on. The theory behind the water is that people that like we used to think that the onions like were drawn to the moisture in your eyes so you put the water down next to the onion so the onion gets drawn to the water instead of your eyes and the candle thing is the same idea as like um you know when you put a candle in a stinky room to get rid of the smell it's the same idea i don't know what the gum one was though
0: so some tricks that I found were chopping the onion underwater, refrigerating the onion first, leaving the root intact as you chop it. Where are the most onions grown? Like a country? Yeah. Mexico. China. Oh, okay. And finally, when was French onion soup invented? Can I have a hint? Before World War One. 1867 no it was in the 18th century so the 1700s yeah so it was pre-civil war okay was it pre-revolutionary war i don't know all i know is that it was the 18th century (laughs) 1782. that about does it for this episode of research rebuttal podcast You can find us on social media at research rebuttal on Twitter and research and at research rebuttal podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us topic suggestions at research rebuttal podcast at gmail.com and let us know. um, What's your favorite onion? And what's your favorite latke topping? And don't forget to rate and subscribe. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next
1: getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more